Club podcast where we talk about the works by Tamara Pierce. I'm Risa. I'm Ariana. And that's the intro. That's the intro. Oh, other, oh my and, god, again. Um, we always like to also plug, well, I mean, to be fair, it's not part of the intro. <laughs> Tamara Pierce's, um, um, Patreon. It is, she does have a Patreon, yeah, a Patreon. but I, I was going to say, there's something else that she likes people to donate to as well, um, she, I just started following her on Twitter. Yeah, you guys should 100% follow her on Twitter as well, mm-hmm. because she posts links to things mm-hmm. that support her, and also to support the um, authors and stuff that she cares about, and she thinks mm-hmm. are worthy of our support. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what book are we talking about today, sister? Today, we have uh, ventured from the land of Tortal into a different world. In the land of Emmeline. We are going to be reading the Circle of Magic books. The first one aptly, or I guess aptly titled Sandry's book. Is it aptly titled? I always I feel mean, really bad for Sandry. Sandry's book is not really Sandry's book. And exactly. it's like so distressing. It's so sad that everyone else gets to go on, like, on in all of their books, they go on like, they are the protagonist of this book. And then Sandry's book is like... Yes, she's very essential to the very last bit, but otherwise, it's really everyone's I mean, book. Yeah, I think it the is. same thing happens with Magic Steps, and I'll get to that yeah, when we get to it. When we get to that one, yeah. <laughs> Give us a few months, and we'll get there. Um, but yeah. Uh, Sandry's book. What do we think? Is it a good book? Yeah. I love um, this book. I love it. Um, End of podcast. See you Yep, next there we time. go. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, because I'm not going to spend an hour gushing about my babies. Oh my um, god. No, but yeah, this this one is, it's so it's such a fun difference between this and the Tortal books, just because it is a difference in her um, voice as well. Yeah. Because, like, while this is not te- the same technical story level as, like, the Kel books, oh, yeah. um, it is so lovingly told and described, yes! and I just, ugh, it's so good. I it's have so to good. say that... I I think these this quartet counts as middle grade fiction, not young adult. Um, and I think yeah. that that is kind of clear in the structure, but it's still very well told. Um, mm-hmm. And I it is a joy to read. And it the is. world building and that she establishes in 200 pages is mm-hmm. honestly amazing. Really is. It, that she adds so much to it to get us invested in this universe. Mm-hmm. In just And it's just in 200 pages. And it's, like, just peppered in throughout. Like, she just leaves you breadcrumbs to kind mm-hmm. of, like, then imagine things for yourself. I fucking love it. Okay. Yeah. We should probably get into it. So I... We should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got the odd chapters this week. Uh, so let's go. Uh, chapter one. Uh, we meet our babies. I will continue to refer to them pretty frequently as the babies, babies, my babies, or our babies, just so you guys are ready for that. We meet our babies <laughs> in their dark moments. All the events I'm about to describe are happening to children, little fucking 10-year-olds. Um, Lady Sandraline Fautoran. I feel like one of what? them is 11. I feel like maybe they're all 11 except Dasha. Dasha is 10. I know Dasha's I mean, 10. I know that they say She's the Briar's, Briar's 10 and they're like, oh, he couldn't be more than... Uh, he's he's nine maybe and it's but okay, he doesn't yeah, actually yeah. know his birth anyway yeah um sorry <laughs> lady sandraline fa Torin has been trapped in a dark closet which has been magic to hide her while this magic protected her from the mob which killed everyone i'm gonna no, tell this okay. in a very in a very joyful voice like <laughs> that's not what happened though it's not that the mob killed everyone it's that I mean, smallpox it's... came through okay her parents die of, like it is so like 
true. The smallpox is like, it takes out the entire fucking, like, place. And then it's being blamed. The smallpox Mm -hmm. is being blamed on there being foreigners. So then there is an attack on, like, wherever, whatever castle they're staying at or embassy or what the fuck ever it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Because of, like, a... Uh, that's not fully explained in this one. It's not. That's why I was keeping it simple. <laughs> I just wanted it to be clear. Okay. All right. All right. It just... It has a huge, like, foreshadowing mm-hmm. for later in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, she's been in this closet. Um, and while it has uh, kept her safe, um... The girl uh, knows that it will also keep rescuers from finding her, uh, since the only person who uh, knew she was there, her nurse, is dead. Um, <laughs> so uh, in the process of, of she's, she's losing light, and she knows that that's the last thing holding her sanity together. Um, so rather than focus on it, she decides to focus on uh, some of the crafting material she brought with her. Um, I will frequently refer to it, by the way, as crafting material or Lark's Crafting Corner. Um, <laughs> I'm aware there are better names for them, but that's what we're going with. Um, uh, so she decides, <laughs> since her, her light source is nearly burnt out, uh, she is going to, she decides she's going to braid magic into threads to create light. Like, there's no other way to describe it. Sandra just goes, no, I will do magic, even though I have never before, because I need to. Universe, make it so. And it does, because she's Sandry. <laughs> And the yeah. world is at her whim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Daja Kisubo uh, is a trader, a culture of seafaring traders who uh, finds herself in the wake of a shipwreck, which killed her entire family, crew, everyone. Uh, she is no I stranger. I have mm-hmm. to say that the trader, like, culture mm-hmm. is yeah. one of the mo- like, we learn so much about it oh in so God, few it's words. So good. It's yeah. so amazing. And the kind of, like, feeling we get of like i don't know how else to describe it it's just like this rich culture Mm -hmm. and we also know other people's views on this culture like Mm -hmm. and it's immediately clear of what we're supposed to think is going on and it's Mm -hmm. just i I, sorry i'm just gonna keep doing this i'm just gonna keep interjecting and keep talking about the world building because i fucking (laughs) love it anyway so she the everybody else sank uh so she (laughs) Uh, she is no stranger to sea death, so she knows that what she's in for. Without supplies or dry land, she won't survive. She sees a uh, Suraku, a trader survival chest made of metal, floating nearby, but it threatens to drift away from her. Daja instinctually reaches out and asks the metal to come to her. She she laughs at herself for doing it, but like at the same time, she's still going to keep trying. And to her bewilderment, it obliges. So, you know, uh, <laughs> Briar Moss currently known as Roach, is a Dickensian street urchin slash thief who has been caught and arrested again. His only respite in the squalor has is the bed of moss he has grown in the corner of his cell. This is being this being his third strike, uh, the boy knows he is in for a world of trouble, so he just chills until his sentencing. Uh, honestly, this gets so fucking laid back. <laughs> I love this child. <laughs> I love all of these children. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, but Briar, the entire book Jesus. just made me go, oh, my God, oh. I just want to, like, take him. Yeah. Just take oh. him home with me. It's fine. Just, this is mine now. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it already happens in the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Trisana Chandler comes from a family of merchants, staunchly in the middle class, staunchly in the middle of middle class. Um, but they and everyone subsequently has cast her out. Uh, they think she's crazy and somehow possessed. or possessed or haunted or um, there's a lot of theories out there, um, but they're definitely certain it's not magic. But then um, she hears some of her dormmates in a temple where she's living um, talking shit about her. And uh, she gets all riled up and laying quietly in her bed. Uh, she accidentally weathers them. Um, so I will also be using weather as a verb from here on out. Uh, it is at this time. Nicolaren Goldeneye arrives at, in each of their stories to save them. Uh, he finds Daja in the sea, brings Sandry light by seeing through the magic that hides her, takes custody of Triss and Briar in the temple and courtroom, respectively, and brings the children with him. He is the good wizard in the story, which usually ends up being the doctor, so do with that what you will. Um, <laughs> also of note, Roach gets the chance to name himself and decides on Briar Moss, Briar being notoriously thorny and guarded, while Moss is soft and forgiving. You gotta get through the briar to get to the moss i love my boy so much um also <laughs> the fact that he chose briar because one time he tried to climb uh <laughs> the wall of a garden of a rich guy to steal mm -hmm. stuff and the briars that were on the wall liked him so much that they dug into his skin <laughs> because they liked him they did yeah it. they yeah i it's amazing chapter two <laughs> Uh, in Summersea in Emelyn, Nico takes Sandry to her great uncle, Duke Verdis IV, uh, the ruler of Emelyn, which I guess means Emelyn is a duchy. I, I am unclear of what, what, it, it, what any of these, but I mean, it's fantasy. These, these, uh, Duke could mean anything. Duke yeah. could be his first, it's not his first name. It's not his first name. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just, it's like, what? You mean like um, Fuhrer King Bradley? Yes. King is his name. <laughs> his name is King Bradley. Okay. Um, but uh, after Sandra admits that she doesn't want to go live with her Namornese relatives, her cousin is the Empress. Um, Vedris, I'm so sure they won't come up again. Oh, no. Veronine <laughs> will never come up again. Ever. No. Um, but on one side, uh, she is the great niece of the Duke, the ruler of Emelyn. Mm -hmm. But then... On the other side, she is the cousin to the Empress of Namorn, which is a northern country, which is kind of supposed to be Russia a bit, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, but, so, uh, Vedris or Verdis? What? Vedris. Yeah, it's Vedris. Thank you. Um <laughs> He offers uh, for Sandry to live with him, though he says it would be quite depressing for her. So Nico suggests that she go to the Winding Cir Circle Temple, which is nearby, and everyone agrees to it. Yeah. Because totally. they were always going to agree, and Nico likes to pretend like there is a choice. Yes. Um, <laughs> off of the coast of Sotat, Daja and Nico await the traitor's ruling on Daja's status. They declare her as Chongxi, bad luck, and give her a staff with a blank cap, which may never receive engravings to show that other traitors shouldn't interact with her lest they catch her bad luck. Daja accepts her fate, but Nico declares that he'll take her to Winding Circle Temple, where they'll appreciate her. Um, I love Nico. <laughs> Nico's so good. In I really so appreciate um, the adults in this book yes! way more than I did the last time <sighs> that I read this because they're just, oh my god. I love, I, yeah, you guys are going to hear me say a lot, I would die for this person. It's just going to, I'm. <laughs> and it's always true. It's always true. Um, 
But in Sotat, Nico hires men to bathe Briar, which seems weird, but in the book it isn't, I swear. <laughs> it seems like such a fucking weird and it does. just squicky thing, but it's not. Somehow it's completely <laughs> fine. Um, in all fairness, you know, he's he's a, a wild cat. Like, yes. he just is, so... <laughs> Um, but Briar tells Nico that as soon as they reach the border, they're parting ways, but Nico then tempts him by saying that the Winding Circle Temple has some of the best gardens north of the Pebbled Sea. <laughs> Briar pretends to not be interested until Nico mentions a greenhouse, something Briar has <laughs> never heard of, which piques his interest. He's like, I mean, he's probably wrong, but like, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um... <laughs> On a boat on the Pebbled Sea near Capchin, uh, the captain shows Triss his ropes with wind caught in them by trader mages, or memanders. We hear about memanders a lot in this book, um, so yes. they're the trader mages. Mm-hmm. Um, Triss, the captain, and Nico all have dinner together. Topics move to the Mage University Lights Bridge, where Nico studied, and where Triss's cousin Amory studies. He'll be important later in the series, so don't forget him. Um, Will he, though? <laughs> he, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, when Nico asks if Triss wants to be a mage, a very sore spot with her, she runs out into the deck of the ship where a storm is in progress. Triss then plays with ball lightning, like, um, as if it's an old friend, which I love. Uh, Triss sees that Nico is watching and she gets all huffy, like, she that just happens all the time in this book. Uh, but he offers to take her to Winding Circle Temple for a chance at being treated better than ever in her life. Triss agrees reluctantly. She's mm. like... It gives her some hopes, and then she's like, "But they're just going to be dashed because my hopes are always." And I'm like, "Oh, baby, this been poor, so, so... like they just uh, everybody threw this child away, and I hate it. Yeah. I hate it so much. Like, just leave her alone." Yeah. Chapter three. <laughs> Uh, Sandry sits with the other noble girls in the dining hall at Winding Circle Temple, and she's bored to tears. She then sees Daja being bullied for being a traitor. Essentially, they are Romani people in this world. Yeah. Like, that's essentially, so they're 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 throwing a lot of, oh, thief, oh, did you find any, uh, did you come to steal some babies to sacrifice for your magic? Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ, these people. Yeah, it's very clear. Uh, so anyway, Sandry sees this, and hating bullies, also probably thinking of Parisi, uh, since, who was the nurse that hid her yeah. and died and was also of traitor culture, um, goes to befriend the girl and <laughs> she takes her into her protection. Daja tells her in traitor talk that she's getting into more trouble than she needs and Sandra replies that she doesn't give a shit about the other nobles and she tells the nobles off, but, you know. Um, she pours milk she onto pours a girl's milk. fucking plate because <laughs> she's just like, I'm sorry, just pours it. I didn't. I didn't realize until this very chap. This this part right here. Mm-hmm. How frequently Dasha just grins. Yeah. Like, like dangerous, dangerously grins. She's just like, "Hi, yeah, you guys have to deal with me now." <laughs> yeah. Um. This also just sets up that Dasha doesn't fit in because people are prejudiced, and Sandry has no social filter and stands up for people. My babies. Uh. <laughs> elsewhere. Same place. Uh, Triss is just trying to mind her own business, yet she's being berated by Temple Dedicate because why are you so weird? If you weren't so weird and antisocial, you'd be better off. Not that I've heard this speech a bunch in my youth. Um, <laughs> bitch won't step off, so Triss weathers her. <laughs> uh, people need to stop fucking with this kid. Like, just let her be. Later, when she's being left to the principal's office, essentially, <laughs> uh, Triss manages to summon a bolt of lightning to scare the Dedicate. Uh, 
Briar is attacked in the boys' dorms at the temple under the guise that he stole something from one of the other boys. He uses his street smarts to point out the boy who was accusing him was the was the one that actually took the item. Um, and by the way, Briar knows that it is a fake ass item. It is not worth as much as the kid's saying it is. And he would never stoop so low as to steal something that shitty. Yeah. So, you know, don't insult him. Um, he's a thief. A good thief. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, but he he gets in trouble anyway for having knives in his dorm. Uh, so, <laughs> but like clearly he needed them. <laughs> yeah, he got fucking attacked. They cornered him under his bed. <laughs> anyway, um, one by one, Nico picks up oh, the four. No, Daja goes for oh, a walk. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I forgot because I hate it. Uh, Daja goes for a walk without her trader staff for the last time because she realizes that. After this, that she needs it for protection. She is attacked by some kids who were picking by the, some of the kids who were picking on her in the dining hall. Jesus, uh, she manages to get some hits in. She she's a really good fighter with the staff. Um, uh, she she manages to get some hits in. Uh, she's she, it's noted that she's the only one in the group bro- who was brought to discipline for her own safety instead of those around her. And I hate it because yeah. fuck these kids, they're horrible. Ugh. Uh, one by one, Nico picks up, picks the four up and plops them into Discipline Cottage. But he seems to have been expecting to do so anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Nico walks Triss and Sandry, the last two to go, um, to Discipline himself. On their way, another earthquake hits, which leaves Triss feeling sick and even more huffy than usual. <laughs> they reach the cottage, which is beautiful. Read p- page 47 for description. Um, because it's just... Yeah. Leaving the road before they reached the temple's north entrance, Nico opened a small gate and led them down a path to a stone cottage. Framed by gardens, the house was neat and clean, the roof well thatched, the shutters and door painted dark green. On either side of the main building, the whitewashed stone supported additions. One was built of solid wood, pierced by windows. The other was a wooden frame with sheer cloth spanning its open sides. (sighs) I just... It's like it's their rooms on the uh, spirit bearer ship. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) Honestly... It's so, like, ingrained. It's just this beautiful mm-hmm. image to me. This, it's just like, it's like a happy place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, <laughs> I love it. Uh, when they entered, a boy with coarse-cut black hair was sniffing dried herbs that hung in bunches near the hearth. Briar <laughs> can literally just not stop himself from fucking around with plants. He, <laughs> even when it is, like... <laughs> actually detrimental to himself (laughs) he's still thinking about growing things and i absolutely (laughs) love this child yes (sighs) we then meet lark one of the two earth dedicates who run discipline um our moms this is mom number one this is mom one mom one and then there's mom two they're canonically they are in a relationship (laughs) i want to put that out there i had to argue with a childhood friend about this I was like, no, they're obviously lesbians, (laughs) which isn't, you know, to be fair, isn't true because they're in a, they're in a polyamorous relationship and one of them is a lesbian and the other one is bi canonically. Um, So I love We get into that in later books. So we do. I just think it's very, the representation in this world of like all of these different people is so good. It's like, there are very few white people. Mm-hmm. Though t- technically we have two for main characters, so there's that. But yeah. that's it's um, just fantastic to me 
because like Lark has is described as having dark golden skin. Mm-hmm. Um, Briar is described as having dark coppery skin. Daja is described to be a dark black girl. Mm-hmm. Um, Fro- uh, um, Frostpine. Frostpine is. is is a deep black as well. Is listed as he was just very dark black. I love this. I it's, I, I want to say that Daja thinks he's he's just like so deep. It's just, it's, it's I don't sorry. It's that's like, important to that's me. That's yeah. It's, <laughs> I like that it's at, she specifically went for dark darker skinned black people for her characters. Yes. I love that. I wish it was reflected in the book covers. <laughs> mm. Because the book covers that I've seen for Daja have been light-skinned um, black representations. But that's, like, it's still the wealth of characters in this book. Like, Moonstream, the literal head of the uh, <laughs> Winding Circle Temple, the is black. Yeah, basically, Miss Principal. <laughs> yeah, but she's, like, the, the head of the temple. I don't remember what it is, but mm-hmm. um, I love that. That's just something that's amazing to me about this. Like, and she makes all of the cultures so separate. And we see that in <clears throat> oh, different yeah. parts. Oh my God. It's like, they're all like in this bit, when they're all meeting each other, <laughs> mm-hmm. Briar says, oh, a bunch of kids. You know, you throw a bunch of kids in here. And Sandry's <laughs> like, why are we talking about baby goats? And Lark <laughs> has to be like, kids is is uh, street cant for, <laughs> for children. Oh. It is so, ugh. I And then they all adopt that. They all yes. start saying it. They pick up so on, his, on his thieves. Okay, sorry. Get back to it. <laughs> um, they reach the cottage, which is beautiful. When they enter, they find Briar and Triss. Triss is racist about traitors, which isn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. The, like, But it's still very disappointing. <laughs> uh, they all split up to pick their rooms. Um Briar and Sandry on the first floor, Triss and Daja on the second. Sandry gets the room attached to Lark's workshop, and Briar has the room attached <laughs> to Rose Thorn's um, guard, like shed, basically, mm-hmm. um, which I fucking love. Um, <laughs> but Sandry gets excited about the prospect of learning to weave, though she finds it unlikely since she's been told in the past that it's unladylike. She's like, oh, Lark weaves. There's, <laughs> it's literally just like a. An exclamation. <laughs> like Yes. <laughs> Triss takes the room where she can see the outer wall of the temple near the sea. She also sees that she could easily sneak down the roof from there. Uh, Daja mm-hmm. goes to her room where she's placed her suraku, uh, where Sandri then joins her. They talk about how Sandri is wearing all black to mourn her parents. Um, at, they have like this really nice talk about talking about like, oh, the they're porcupines. Oh, I've seen porcupines before. Oh, at a menagerie? No, when I went to s- such and such place, right? Mm-hmm. And she specifically gets into it. God, I love it. Because this all sticks with me so much mm-hmm. that I, I'm not even like looking at the book right now to be able to tell you what ha- Like <laughs> They bring up the uh, specific amphitheater. And, mm-hmm. you know, she, Sandry says she's been there and, uh, or Daja said something about it. And then yeah. Sandra says, yeah, it just, it's not there anymore because it was used to just, they just piled up all of the dead from the smallpox and burned it down with them yeah. inside. <laughs> and it's like, shit, man. And it's like, oh, that's why you're wearing all black. And so Daja then says, you know, it's like, yes, and that's why I'm wearing, no. Sandra then says, yeah, so that's why you're wearing all scarlet because that's how traitors mourn. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Briar sticks his nose in to show that he also knows traitor talk. Um, so, <laughs> so Daja and Briar playfully annoy each other because I they're good. They're, they are like, <laughs> to me, Daja has such a great relationship with all of the other characters. Really, though? I love though. them all so much. But like, <laughs> she and Briar are the most like, they're even headed. Like they will, they're practical, I think is a good way to put it. Is yeah. that when things are going on, they will... They, those two will like come together to come up with practical solutions for the problems that are happening right now um, yeah. in ways that the other two never have had to in their life as much mm-hmm. because they didn't grow up in the same like, da- like they, they had dangerous lives like and shitty lives. Don't get me wrong, but they weren't yeah, but as honestly, dangerous they, as a street urchin and being someone exactly. who is a traitor. The, like, there are the, the two people who they're class existence yeah. is is a danger in and of itself and then there's um the two who the, the merchant and the noble who yeah. yeah they encounter dangers but their very life isn't all it, yeah it wasn't like, yeah. just from being born yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah sorry that i just love that i love them together um They go down yeah. to for midday and midday meal because they it's like breakfast, midday, and supper. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, it works. Um, they go down for midday and Lark sends Briar out to get Rosethorn, the other dedicate in charge, from her garden. When he can't see her immediately, Briar gets distracted because <laughs> this boy has ADHD. Um, but he gets distracted by the plant plants and he goes to see them. Um, he finds that they are very happy and they welcome him. Rosethorn returns to see her plants reaching out to Briar and wrapping themselves around him. Uh, Rosethorn has to order the plants to let go of him so she can take him inside. It is <laughs> such a good scene because Rosethorn is out there and like, she's like, excuse me, basically. And Briar notices that she's tapping her feet and her feet are bare, like she has no shoes on. <laughs> and it's a specific thing that he thinks oh, she also doesn't wear shoes to garden. Like, he's not wearing shoes, she's not wearing shoes, and it's just, like, this really cute thing. Briar and Rosethorn are just... I oh, so Oh, good. my God. It's such a... Mm, okay, but Rosethorn's like, hmm, okay, let him down. Put him down. <laughs> and he's like, no, because if I come to you, then you're going to hit me. She's like, I don't hit children. He's like, yeah, all adults hit children. She's like, I won't hit you. And he's like, then you'll just hang me from the well. And she's like, no, I water my plants from there. I wouldn't poison it. <laughs> I'm I'm getting so in-depth on chapter four. I'm so sorry. There's so well, much it, about it, it that is I love. Like, yeah, it is like our, our immediate introduction to like yeah. good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. Rosethorn then gives them all a talk at midday about leaving her alone. Um, She's like, you guys will do what Lark asks you to do. When you have problems, go to Lark. Leave me alone. I don't do She likes children. (laughs) I don't like children. And it's like, sure you don't. Sure you don't like children. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But then she's just kind of, and then she just fucks off. (laughs) Um, And then all four of the children go... um, find out that each of them was brought to the temple by Nico. All four of them were brought by Nico. And they're all like, wait a second, what? <laughs> Sandry brings an embroidery piece to Triss, who then snaps at her and tells her to leave her alone uh, and hang out with people of her own rank. Um, and Sandry's like, but we're the same. And Triss is like, no, we're not. Look, your your slippers alone are worth more than anything I've ever worn. <laughs> like, it's like, 
I'm a merchant. I know exactly how much everything you're wearing costs. Mm-hmm. She's like, she's like Aram Draper. Yeah. Um, but then when uh, Sandry will leave, but she also leaves the embroidery. Um, and Tris is like, opens it up and is like, wow, this is really pretty. Did she say she made this? No, it couldn't no, she be. Must have been she must have, yeah, she must have taken, like, you know, taken credit for her servant's work. Yeah, that's like a noble. Well, I guess I'll just hang it up because if she comes to try and take it back, then I'll say she left it here and it was for me. So it, I'm <laughs> keeping it. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to fight for this gift that she gave me. It's like, wait, honey. <laughs> oh, she has to make- all of the children, specifically Triss and Briar, will mm-hmm. always, like, it'll be like, they told themselves this, even though they knew it was a lie. <laughs> the mental gymnastics they go through are just adorable. <laughs> I, ugh. Daja follows Sandry downstairs and basically echoes what Triss said about Sandry needing to stick to people of her own class and genre. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that genre of people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's you know, fantasy people, no, nobility Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, oh, it's a whole thing. It's a whole um, <laughs> Sandry is very exasperated and explains that she's always had friends with people of all classes because her parents traveled a lot. Which, it's like okay. She's like, I hung out with whoever would have hang out with me because people didn't want to hang out. With <laughs> and the, the dog is like, oh, so you had to make friends with lower class kids and traders. <laughs> and Tris is like, yeah. I mean, and Sandry's like, yeah, <laughs> without any kind of like. She thought it how see, that sounds. She yeah. doesn't get because she, she there's a lot. See, of, she, you yeah. were saying you were saying about about uh, Sandra and Tris being being the white characters in it, but yeah. they're also the ones that have to have their privilege checked like oh, yeah, frequently, it's and it's yeah. like okay, the, so like, like especially Tris gets really called on her oh, yeah. bigotry. Like I love that there is a negative like repercussion for her racism. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm. It's Good to see. Okay. Um, but then Daja leaves to go for a walk. <laughs> End of the chapter. And for her walk, chapter five. <laughs> it's one of the few times where it just it continues over. Yeah. Uh, chapter five. Daja grabs her staff because, as I said, she will never walk without it again. Uh, she wanders the grounds and finds herself drawn to the blacksmith's workshop. I forgot entire- entirely how much I love Frostpine, but he... God, he's so good. Yeah, he's he so is. good. I love. He's him. amazing, and he gets um, even more amazing in Cold yep. Fire. I have to yep. say, oh and God. in Dodge's book, but like, yeah. <laughs> I, as I said, I just I really appreciate the way all four of these adults handle the children yeah. and, and handle because uh, throughout we we see. Well, I'll, get, I'll get to it. Okay, yeah. uh, this is basically the chapter when it starts happening. Um, <clears throat> So anyway, uh, she finds Frostpine. There he is. Uh, and he's in the middle of making a door handle with his apprentice off running an errand. He asks Daja to help him, and she immediately is enchanted by the work and every sense metal work touches. It's great, because I do love that she she really engages the senses in this book, at Tamara Pierce, that is, um, because she... It's it's it, it, how how things smell, how they taste magically, how how what kind of sound you get from like hitting this kind of metal on this kind of metal, and it's 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 a delight. Um, okay, uh, his apprentice returns, and Frostpine asks Daja to stick around to quote mop his brow, though it's really just he wants to see her interacting with the metal. Um, 
Nico comes to Triss and his with his dad face on and uh, takes her on a lovely walk to a sea cave. Side note, I always wanted to go to this cave. I would sit on the rocks in the Hoya Cove and I would just we can we can bl- cut that part out, but like I, I would I would try to replicate that. Like <laughs> just th- this this scene, the way everything hits. Ugh. Anyway, Nico notes that Triss needs to learn to control her temper so she doesn't weather someone to death. Um He teaches her to meditate, using the cues of the waves crashing to dictate her breath. She gives in and truly lets herself be a part of the weather slash world. This is one that I wanted to describe in detail, but guys, if you didn't read the book before this, just go read that because it is a beautiful, honestly, the descriptions when the kids are meditating, just lovely. Um, Meanwhile, Briar runs an errand for Lark and uses it as an excuse to find the greenhouse. Uh, He finds it and is drawn to a plant he sees just as the plant is drawn to him. He knows it's sick, but doesn't know why he knows it. Just then, he meets Dedicate Crane, who who demands to know who who is spying on his greenhouse. He is a very crazy man. Um, Um... I... It's apparently a hot piece of ass, too. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Sorry. Uh... He finds out Briar is from Discipline and accuses him of actually spying for Rosethorn. Uh, so Briar wisely just dips out. <laughs> He's like, well, mm, will this make more- gotta run. <laughs> will this make more problems for me later? Probably. But gets me out of here now. You know what? I'm just going to start this 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 uh, trend where I just run from this man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sandry goes into Lark's crafting area and starts lovingly touching the materials. She notes the fibers seem to reach out for her skin. Lark pops up behind her as she is off to do and uh, explains that that is her favorite material. She commands some errant fibers to let go of Sandry and explains to the girl that Wool isn't usually disobedient, but it was excited to see her. Ah, so good. Just just like Briar and the um, uh, the vines getting him. It's just, mm. uh, she then starts teaching Sandry to use the drop spindle. Lark guides Sandry through the process, but also guides her in a meditative way. So, like, she's telling her how to do it, but then she also goes, okay, now close your eyes and think of this. And the thread she makes is lumpy and uneven, but Lark tells her to keep it because it's important. She explains that the lumps are when Sandry was thinking about a new life, but she doesn't bother to explain what that means. So, you know, uh, it's like, okay, so lumps were created. I don't get it. (laughs) Um, Back home... Uh, that night for supper, Lark and Rosethorn go over the children's schedules, rules, and chores. They tell the kids they will be learning to meditate in a group with Nico in the afternoons. This honestly the best time to teach children to meditate. Can we replace nap time with meditation time? The kids are distracted by their day. Um, Nico shows up to accompany every, everyone to the baths and to act as Briar's guardian in the penis haver's baths. Um, Daja contemplates what her family would think of her helping Frostpine. Traders don't do manual labor. They trade the in the goods those workers make. Of course, she notes that they had beat her in the past for watching metal workers. And I'm like, baby, maybe your family sucked and deserved to drown. They did not deserve to drown. I mean, maybe. I think they <sighs> but... did because they made her feel this way. <laughs> okay, chapter six. This scene is so fucking cute and I can't go play by play or I just have to paste the entire fucking thing here. So, <laughs> so they're all eating porridge. Um, and everyone starts to mother Briar. Uh, Briar's just, like, scarfing it down, and Sandry's like, okay, if you're gonna eat fast, at least, well, she says slow down. But then she gives him some milk and honey to it, um, and he's like, oh, I don't need this. And then he, he tries it, and he's like, oh my god, I didn't know porridge could taste good. (laughs) 
And then Rose Thorne is like, well, if we're all getting fancy, and she goes and she gets cinnamon, which none of them have ever tried before. And she talks about how Crane is trying to grow it in his greenhouse, but he can't. (laughs) (laughs) She really... She gets yeah. very arch when she talks about Crane. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> Rose Thorne then. Fool. Yeah. She then complains that Dedicate Crane, who runs the greenhouse, uh, and how he's tricking plants into giving up their rest time. He's trying to trick them out of their seasons. And yeah. Briar's like, they have to die? And she's like, they're not dying, they're resting. Um, and then she puts <laughs> another. You fucking idiot. Rose Thorne um, gets. Like, and after Briar finishes eating and they're all still there, so Rosethorn takes his empty bowl and puts another ladle of porridge in and gives it back. And Lark, like, slyly <laughs> looks at her. And Rosethorn's like, he needs to put on weight. Look at him. He's all I skin mean, and bones. Come on. <laughs> after they all finish their chores, Lark sends them to meet Nico at the hub. On their way, they come across the boys who ganged up on Briar in the boys' dorms. Uh, the boys try to start a fight, but when Triss starts making the air go all crackly, Sandry ushers them away before <laughs> anything can happen. Um, one of the few just, times she prevents a fight. Yes, one of the few times. Sandry's much like Kel. Yeah. <laughs> in the fact that she's like, well, no one's going to start this fight other than me, so I might as well do it. Um <laughs> I can relate to Sandry so hard sometimes. Yeah, no, reading this this time, I'm like, wow, Sandry is very Ariana. <laughs> and also on my latest ones, I'm just, man, am I Rose Thorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, right. They go to the hub, right. Uh, they go, they, they, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they all go do a meditating lesson with Nico um, at, in a floor of the hub where so magic can't leak out of it, um, which they're all like, huh, weird. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> huh, that's weird. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. uh, on one floor, there are people doing divination by listening on the wind. And this makes Tris like white because she thought the voices she heard on the wind were just her going crazy. Um, because that's what happens when people tell you it's just you being crazy. Yeah. Um, Briar and Triss, uh, then when they all get back, Briar and Triss chill on the roof during the rest period. um, Another cute Briar thing where he's like, I don't want to have to hear a girl babble. And then Triss doesn't talk. So he's like, okay, what you doing? Uh, (laughs) Obviously, I'm going to have to drag whatever's going on out of her. (laughs) It's like, Briar, you don't have to do shit, man. (laughs) He's just like, oh, other people just babble so much. And so what's going on with your day? What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) but um they watch the clouds form and then he realizes he doesn't want tris to leave and i just he's like and he realizes that you know she probably wasn't going to leave and he realized that he's glad or something like that yeah um i just love tris and briar as their sibling vibes are so good because they are all they're both soft for each other yeah like I love that because they're both like put up a very like, pr- like protective wall mm-hmm. around themselves. Triss, which is very prickly, and Briars, which is very just like he uses humor to like mm-hmm. cover things up. Um, so it, it, they and then they they're lower good. those together. Sorry, I'm just. <laughs> then after the rest period is over, Triss leaves to go have lessons with Nico, and Briar goes to help Rosethorn. Chapter seven. <laughs> 
So this chapter sees the girls accepting their training and speaking to their respective training masters, um, which includes, uh, so Sandry has trouble making the wool card and expects herself to be perfect the very first time she does it. <clears throat> There's a silly moment where Sandry scares the fibers and they fly away and cling to Lark's breast and, uh... They're like babies hiding uh, behind their mom, and I love it so much. Um, but anyway, so uh, Lark teaches her to coax the fibers instead of forcing them together, uh, saying that they want to be together, just like we want to be together. But you can't force things together, which it is so cute to see her like literally take that the entire time while she is interacting with her new siblings. Yeah. Um, because she's like, okay, I won't force it. It's really cute. Yeah, anyway. it is. It's such a... <laughs> And it's specifically telling her as well, like, all of these fibers are very weak on their own, but they're strong together. And Sandra's like, gonna pop that one in the bank. That's going on in there. All right. Um, Tris goes with Nico to observe and learn about storms. Nico explains that you have to understand the nature of weather before you can mess with it, or you could throw everything out of whack. I feel like part of Tris takes this as a challenge to become more powerful than nature. Sure does. She sure does. Uh... Daja goes to see Frostpine and his apprentice, Kirill. Kirill? Kirill is how I would say it. Yeah. But Kirill. Whichever. It sounds too much like Purell to me. Uh, Kirill. <laughs> Kirill. It's like uh, Carol, but with a weird accent. Yeah. Kirill. Kirill. Hey, Kirill, come on over here. Um, <laughs> oh, so she sees his apprentice, and he tells her uh, that Frostpine is doing gold work, and he don't do no gold work. Uh, Kirill like, um, I'm his iron apprentice. <laughs> yeah, He's I a goldsmith iron. today. Thank you. There's no sense in me touching gold. Um, uh, but he, he notes that Frostpine has been saying he will have an apprentice to help with gold soon. Uh, <laughs> and she just goes, oh, that's cool. Walks in. Like, they really just ignore the signs because they're not looking for him because they're babies. They don't know, know to look for them. Exactly. Oh, oh, my God. It's so good. Um... Frostpine casually pulls Daja into helping him, uh, and then being taught how to work a fine metal like gold, he then surreptitiously talks her into using magic to call the gold to her, as well as doing the normal metal work. He then tells her that he wants to work with her in the afternoons. Yay! Daja asks Lark for permission to train uh, with Frostpine, and Rosethorn is not surprised. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, oh, we we know him. It's that's so he's a he's a good man and a great smith, and yeah. you'll learn a lot." And <laughs> She's like, calm down, dear. Uh, Daja then has to bring up that she needs to wear smithing clothing, meaning she will have to take off her trader morning clothes. Lark immediately understands her apprehension and says she will make the girl red headbands and armbands for her to wear in their stead. Uh, taking this as an opportunity to clothe the, the girl properly, Lark gives her a bunch of clothes to try on because then she could just wear her little, her bands that still show that she's in mourning while being, you know, weather appropriate. Um... As they are talking, Lark lets it slip she used to be an acrobat and traveled around the world. Basically, Daja is made to fully understand that she is safe to practice her traditions without fear of persecution under this roof. I love Lark. I love Lark so much. And it is worth noting that she does a cartwheel down the hall at the end of that scene. <laughs> For absolutely no reason, but I love Other it. than just, like, she was adding credence to what she just She's told like, Daja. like, see? I fucking told you. <laughs> I'm not lying. 
Um, oh, and uh, it is of note that Briar is conspicuously ab- absent in this chapter. I don't know why. Um, so Triss wakes up to hear voices on the wind. She hears that the, sor- the source of the voices are chasing after Briar. So she runs downstairs, um, getting a bunch of bruises on the way, uh, followed by Sandry and Daja, who wake up to Triss just banging into everything because I don't think she's wearing her glasses. Um, but it... <laughs> Oh, they let Briar in the front gate and then shut it, not letting the dedicates following him in. When they try to anyway, Sandry puts on her noble and forbids them from entering. She legitimately, she legitimately slaps the hands. <laughs> she does. Nope. She nope. <laughs> I forbid it. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, um, good. It turns out that Briar's pursuer is Dedicate Crane again, uh, who runs the greenhouse, who then accuses Briar of being Rosethorn's spy again. again. Rosethorn then <laughs> offers to give Crane some of her tomatoes in exchange for Briar's prize, a bonsai tree, but here they're called shotguns, uh, which <laughs> Briar claims is sick and has been calling out to him in his dreams and everything. <laughs> After discussions with Crane, Rosethorn comes into Briar's room and tells him that he has to care for the shotgun himself, and he's like, well... If someone would teach me to care for it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, she's like, yes, we'll have to do it. Look, We're I'm doing this to- for the plant, not for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally not for you. I told, like, I definitely totally no not soft for you. for you. No. <laughs> no. Don't care. Ugh. I love Rose Thorne. Um, I feel like we should just end every chapter with, I love this character. Um. I mean, we have been. <laughs> we have been. We have been. Uh, chapter nine, we get a cute scene where Triss has to teach the rich kid and the street urchin how to do basic housekeeping. Uh, she starts to feel superior because she thinks it is savage that Briar grew up without a house to clean. So Briar casually throws in that he lived in the sewer with rats uh, just to make her uncomfortable um, because it's fun to make Normie squirm. Um, Sandry giggles. <laughs> um, gotta tell you, sometimes if, if, if you grew up in a rough way, when you're just brutally honest about the way you grew up, it, it can scare the shit out of people who grew up in, like, middle-class households. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's hilarious to it's, do. It's I, great. It, I, I don't know. It's just one of the funniest if, things. If you can do it, I highly recommend it. It is a great source of enjoyment. Um, after meditation, the girls are all drawn to the roof, where they talk about the whole scene with Briar and Dedicate Crane. Triss asks why Sandry bothered to stand up for Briar, and Sandry counters by asking why Triss was so worried. Because they are connected, whether they like it or not. Briar overhears this conversation, but has the good sense not to mention to it. So basically, after meditation, all four of them just drifted up there. And I love it. I love it so much. So good. Um... Rosethorn begins to teach Briar about caring for his shotgun uh, and the benefits it gets from pruning. She tries to explain that Briar can't just shower his plants with magic without saying he can't shower his plants with magic. Um, She explains that overgrowth is the way you burn a plant out because it isn't putting energy where it needs it, which is a very important lesson to learn in general. I I have to trim my mint plant because I I didn't want to, but now those bits are dying and I'm like, oh, yeah guess i gotta do that anyway um happens with my aloe plant yeah anyway uh (laughs) sandry is mad she isn't an expert at spinner she isn't an expert spinner in a week and lark is like whoa kid chill the fuck out take a walk enjoy the scenery um sandry goes to get some air and finds briar putting up a sill under his window for his shotgun he was crying because pruning the plant hurt the plant and therefore him sandry instead of you know questioning why it would hurt him goes well 
is it a bad hurt or a good hurt? Like, is, is it is it something painful or is it a good natural thing? Like something going where it belongs. And Briar likens it to pulling a baby tooth, which seems to be seems to put it into perspective for him as well as her. Um, she she asks to pet his tree. <laughs> And he tells her, as long as she doesn't scare or hurt it. I just, I love them so much. I know. <laughs> They're just so good. This is such a pure, like, oh my god. Oh, oh, they're all so good. I love them so much. Daja works with Frostpine and Kirill for, with some metal work. Uh, it's all going fine, and I love the way they all work together. But then Kirill sees Daja catch a red-hot metal rod in her bare hands. And Frostpine stops him from distracting Daja, slash drawing her attention to the fact that she did that. Um, and uh, also takes the metal rod with his bare hands. Uh, which she suddenly realizes, you know, he hasn't been wearing gloves this whole time, has he? Uh, afterward, Daja overhears Frostpine lecturing Kirill that he knew things would be strange in his shop. The apprentice shoots back. He didn't expect to see a little girl defying nature. Frostpine points out that Kirill has seen him do it on countless occasions. But Kirill counters that Frostpine is a great smith mage who has studied it for decades, not a little girl who comes by it naturally. And she just sort of tucks that away in her mind and doesn't yeah. think about it. It's like... Daja. <laughs> that's for a later date. Oh, um, that's going up in the vault. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that night, oh my god, and right down to the sea imagery. Sorry. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, that night, the children are exhausted, and it's a good thing, too, because they need to get to bed early. Lark and Rosethorn announce they will be leaving before dawn to travel to the market and sell some wares. They all go to the market at dawn, and after a busy morning of tending the stall, they have midday and the children are set with some money to enjoy the market. Um, after spending their money on some on various things, uh, mostly sweets, um, <laughs> Sandra hears an animal being harmed. Uh, she runs towards the sound and finds some boys torturing a puppy. She then starts a literal fistfight with these boys, because of course she does, she's Sandry. Dodge Jen then joins the fray to protect Sandry. She sees it from like across, she's like, oh, I gotta go protect this friend. Oh, and- this kid. <laughs> God, well, she's sati. You know how it is. <laughs> that means like, like true friend. Yeah, fantastic. Um, uh, then Briar joins in, but mostly because the fight looks like fun. He's just talking to some street urchins, and then across the way, the street urchins are like, "Wow, can you see that?" And he's like, "Yep, see you, boys. I'm off to join the fight." <laughs> <laughs> Those are my sisters. I'll be back. Uh, when Triss sees what's happening, she doesn't know what to do because she doesn't want to go get hurt and she knows that it, she's no help in a fight. So she decides to reach down to the harbor and pull some water up to dump <laughs> on the fight to break it up. This is just like, yeah, I'll just do this. Yeah, um, but as that's what people it, do to break up fights. They dump yeah. water on them. Yeah. And I can just get the water from there to here. Um, <laughs> but someone bumps into her, turning her around, which um, in turn causes Triss's water to become a water spout and it gets out of her control. And it comes right to her. Um, the water spout beats the shit out of the boys. Uh, but when it moves towards the puppy, Triss tries to stop it. I love her priorities. But it won't listen. Lark saves the day by thinking on her feet and using her spinning magic to unspin the water spout, which I love. I am and, so good. And that's a point where uh, Nico legit is just like, y- yes, this can happen. No, that's later. <laughs> he, but it's still no, this yeah. fucking thing. Um the water spout, well, nope. It nope. Unspins they try it. to yep. leave. They try to leave before anyone realizes where the reason for all, that they were the reason for all the chaos, but they are met by a mob who demand them to pay. Um, 
But just at that moment, Duke Vedras and Nico arrive on horseback. <laughs> After hearing what Sandry has to say about uh, the incident, he offers to pay for the healer's bills of the boys, but then says that anyone who claims the reimbursement must also pay the fine for cruelty to animals, uh, which means none of them take him up on it. Well, um, only if if when they uh, speak to a truth sayer, they can yeah. uh, deny the charges of yep. animal abuse, which they cannot. So, um... The last bit of business with the mob is Triss's use of magic. Vedris declares that she is confined to Winding Circle until Nico can get her magic under control. Finally, the mob disperses. They all go out to eat with Vedris, which I I, I love. Um, and then Briar <laughs> and Rosethorn have a really cute scene about his magic. Page 145. Um, he put a hand on her arm. Nico is wrong. I'm no mage. Rosethorn looked meaningful at the hand on her sleeve until he withdrew it, a blush staining his gold-brown cheeks. It's no accident that Nico was at your sentencing. He had a premonition of a boy with green magic in him. I knew he was right when I heard my bean plants welcome you. You got them all excited, my buck. They wanted to throw out seed pods a month early. I had to be stern with them. (laughs) That ain't magic, he protested. Of course it is, and important magic at that. The most important to my way of thinking. You don't need to share that with Lark or Nico. (laughs) I'm a thief, he protested. I bet you had a lot of plants like moss and mushrooms in whatever hole you lived in, she said, her dark eyes sharp. I bet strange things happen to you in rich man's gardens. The boy hung his head, rubbing a thumb over the deep scars in his palm. Rosethorn touched the hand. Her fingertips found each large, dimpled pock left by the vine whose name he had taken. <laughs> I just... I, I just love it. It's so good. And it's just... I totally didn't even include the part where he hugs Rosethorn... Because she says she'll help him uh, take care of the shock in earlier. <laughs> he literally just goes and hugs her and makes her just like basically <laughs> blush. <laughs> like get, get out of here. No, I'm not mothering you. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, wait, There's not a mothering not mother. boat in my body. No. <laughs> Have some more porridge. Uh, <laughs> on their way back in the cart, they named the puppy Little Bear. Uh, I would die for Little Bear. Yes. The children discuss the new knowledge that they ha- all have magic. Sandry has a cute scene with her uncle. Uh, then there's an earthquake that Triss warns before it happens. Um, it sounds like I just said she warns the earthquake. No, she warns about the... <laughs> I'm just going to stop trying. After the earthquake, the children tell Nico that he will talk with them. <laughs> he basically tells them... Sorry, I was just going to say, and Rosethorn goes, oh, well, if you're going to speak with the children, I'm just going to go on over. I'll, I'll take your horse in for you. And he's like, you coward. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> uh, um, he explains that they all have ambient magic, not academic, but not in those words yet, um, which is why magic teacher testers didn't find them. After this talk, the children fall asleep in the wagon on their way home to discipline. Um, but he didn't want to limit their way of thinking. I skipped that mm-hmm. line. Um mm-hmm. So he didn't want to tell them that they had magic. He wanted them to come to the, like, come at the situations open-minded. Because mm-hmm. if you tell a child you're a smith mage and you go into a smithy and it's not immediately easy for you, you're going to get discouraged and stuff. And it's going to limit your way of thinking about it. As opposed to just sending her into a, a smithy with a smith mage and just kind of letting her experience it and, like, forming her own ideas about, like, her relationship to metal and heat and stuff in that way. Yeah, or or even harder, like he he talks about you know telling Triss, oh yeah, no, you're you're a, you're a weather mage, and and since she doesn't believe that, her shutting down and being unwilling to like yeah. find it out. Yeah, <clears throat> it's good. It's good. Yeah, again, I I, I love Nico in this. I, 
I don't think I really appreciated Nico's contributions the first time through (laughs) or the second time through of reading these books. Yeah. (laughs) I got it this time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Chapter 11. Uh, The next day, Nico explains the importance of meditating now that they know they have magic. He tells them they're meant to learn the discipline to use their magic in a safe way. This is why the cottage is named as such. Uh, Daja races to Frostpine as quickly as she can and asks him why he never said anything about her magic. Frostpine basically says that that wasn't necessary to the start. He's just like, because you don't need that to do metal work. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Frostpine uh, basically says... Did I say that twice? Yeah. No, no, I didn't. Um, I mean, I meant write it twice. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, Frostman basically says that it wasn't necessary at the start, uh, that she needed to learn metalwork first and the magic would come later. She tells him she wants to learn everything and he quickly obliges. Uh, he asks her to tell him what kind of metals he has under cloths before she looks at them. He wants her to use magic to sense the metals. Uh, she guesses some easy, but when she gets to one that confuses her, she has to figure out why. It's bronze, because it's copper and tin. And they just have this adorable little metal nerd moment, because they're like, yeah. oh, you almost got me. I did. Good job, Slater Girl. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like the, she didn't even have to touch the gold to mm-hmm. know what it was. <laughs> like, I know that one. I know that uh. one from a mile away. <laughs> Uh, we get a really cute family moment where the kids are studying things and the moms are chilling. Um, Briar is interested in Sandry's drop spin- spindle and says he wants to learn how. Rosethorn encourages him because it's a good skill, especially for someone who needs string in gardening. All the while, Sandry's wool has gotten stuck to Briar and she has to use magic deliberately for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um... The kids set about their new studies alongside their chores and meditation work. They are hanging out one day and Triss asks Daja... Asked why Daja is called Trongshi. Um, the, because uh, um, Briar will, like, just jokingly call her Trongshi, and she doesn't take it, like, yeah. as a bad thing from him, because she knows he's using it ironically. Yeah. Um, the other three explain it means essentially bad luck, and Triss can't imagine why what Daja could have done to deserve the title. Daja explains uh, about her sh- ship sinking and her family dying, and... The babbies are notably closer for it. Because, and Sandry's like, uh, maybe Briar can stop calling her that then. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, it doesn't matter what I say. It, you don't you don't have to care about what a track says. Or a, t- a cock says. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Track. What the fuck is that? Um, K-A-Q. Just for people K-A-Q. to know. K-A-Q. Yeah. Cack. That's how I was pronouncing it in my head. I pronounce it cock every single time in my head. Um, I don't think it's supposed to be cock. I don't think it is either, but that's how my brain does it. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's a cute scene with Daja and Briar teasing each other, and, and he's, he's, uh, pestering Sandry by, uh, tickling her neck with, a uh, straw, and then totally acting like he's not doing anything, and... They're just so good. Anyway. And then um, doesn't she use the straw to, like, hit him or something? Like, with her magic? Maybe. That sounds right. Because they, they also discuss, uh, he's, he's like, so, Trongshi, tell us uh, what you're being taught uh, from yeah. Frostpine. And they're all, I love how interested they all are in each other's uh, teachings. And the fact that they all start learning spinning. Oh, oh, so good. Oh, anyway, um... Uh, the day before Midsummer, Triss 
with Little Bear at her side, sneaks out to see if she can control the waves. As I said, she's decided that it's a challenge to control nature or to become more powerful than nature. Um, this, Yeah, other people who did this died, but I'm built different. I'm built different. Okay, I'm... Rip I am to Chris. all those people. <laughs> Rip to all those other people who died from doing this. <laughs> Nine out of ten don't survive the training. Well, I mean, come on. <laughs> but, um, sucks to be them. They're not me. <laughs> They're not Storm Killer, as she named herself earlier in the book. Um, sorry. Uh, this is, of course, a bad idea, and ends with a rock, which was acting as her receptacle for the power, uh, exploding, and Nico lecturing her. Luckily, Nico brought Kirill, knowing he would need him to carry Triss back to the cottage, because I assume Nico's limbs are like toothpicks, and he can't pick up anything if if he tried. So, you know. Uh, for some Triss- reason, I saw Nico as looking kind of like Edgar Allan Poe, and I don't know why. <laughs> In this read, yeah. this this time reading it, I just kept seeing him looking like that because <laughs> he has a mustache because he constantly like mm. strokes it. He has like dark hair and mm-hmm. dark eyes, and I just I don't know. It's just that's another thing I love about this book is how many characters have dark eyes. Oh, like, no, it's awesome. Lark has black eyes sometimes, or sometimes yeah. they're like a warm, warm brown. Yeah. Depending. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, right, right, right. Uh, Triss isn't well enough to attend Midsummer Festival, you know, because of that thing she just did. Um, but that ends up being lucky as well. A set of earthquakes rolls through, and Triss, trying to get to safety, notices Briar's shotgun and the shelf are about to fall. She exerts her last bit of energy, saving the plant. Briar can't say thank you, but he teases Triss and helps her get back inside. Come on, Grandma, let's get Come you on, inside. <laughs> During meditation one day, Nico gets called away. When he returns, he tells them all that he'll be absent for a while. There are a bunch of messages about a future about the future coming in and he has to help the temple sort through them to see what's going to happen, which is a huge issue. Um, after a few weeks, Nico comes back to them thoroughly exhausted with news of what's to come, a huge earthquake at another living circle temple. The messages were sent out and the man in charge of that temple sent a very cryptic message back saying that everyone will be surprised. <laughs> it's like, like uh, no. sir, sir, what? Uh, apparently he has invented windmills as well, um, but everyone's <laughs> distrustful of it. Because they're saying, oh, he uses that machine to turn air magic into electricity, lightning magic. And it's like. Now they're, now they're really not going to trust it. Now they're never going to trust <laughs> electricity. <Never. sighs> <laughs> Sandry has a nightmare of uh, the night where she found her dead parents, um, you know, in their bed, holding each other covered in smallpox uh, sores. Just yeah. she comes in to find them dead. Uh, and uh, at the end of the dream, all of the lights go out and she is alone in the darkness. She wakes up and realizes that her lamp has gone out, which caused the bad dream. The next day, everyone wakes up and feels restless and irritable, my normal state. Uh, (laughs) And the adults shoo the children off. Uh, The kids take the little bear for a walk until he spots a mouse and runs off after it. They follow him to the cliffs and into a cave with just a lantern for light. They follow him deeper into the cave until suddenly he runs back to them, terrified. Then Triss warns them that an earthquake is coming. When the earthquake happens, they are trapped and the lantern has been crushed, leaving them in the dark. Sandry has a mini breakdown about the dark, but the other children keep their heads. Just, it's so sad that Sandry's having this freak out and everyone wants to, like, deal with that. 
but their mm-hmm. own lives are at stake. So they're having to just like ignore her to try and like, yeah, make them in the stable. It, I just it feels awful. It's very well done. Um, <laughs> Data acts first, using her magic to turn the rubble about to crush them into the shape of her Suraku, her survival box. So she makes it a survival box again. Um, Triss then uses her magic and creates an air vent from their location up to the surface. Then Daja and Briar speaking through their magic without noticing. They're just talking telepathically now, as you do with your best friends. You know. Um, They are able to use their powers in their own ways to tamp the earth above them back so that they're safe in their little box. So, like, she literally, Daja thinks of it as, like, hitting it with a hammer at the the smith. And and then Briar's thinking of it as using a trowel to tamp down earth. (laughs) I love it. They all have a moment with Sandry explaining why she's so terrified. Then Triss interrupts to say that another earthquake is coming, but this one contains magic as well. Um, and I'm going to need your help describing the last chapter because okay. it was it was too, it's very cerebral chapter because m- most of the action on the kids' part um, is metaphysical. Yeah. So, and it's just very plainly described. She doesn't try to like. Uh, over describe things she's just like okay and then they did this because that's what they could do so okay the babies know that they need to act or die according to dasha uh so they try to use their magic individually they then realize they need to use their magic all together they form a circle of magic including holding hands and concentrating their powers um so i'm covering the bare things and then risa is going to interject with things okay so um Sandry is using spinning to focus their powers. Uh, Triss controls lava and Daja metal in the earth that, to sort of, like, reinforce security. Uh, while Briar draws from the power of plants around him, including the 140-plus-year-old power in his shotgun. They weave their magic together until the earth stops moving. Yeah, um, yeah like, pretty much. I mean, like, that's... specific, And the whole thing is, like, they were like, Daja, can you take the metals around us and, like make them into something and she tries and she's like no i need heat i need heat <laughs> and tris is like well i can you know reach down and get the law you know there's lava down by- under us and dodge was like i can't reach that far and tris is like i can but i can't melt metal so that's when <laughs> briar's like well, if only we could use these magic things together <laughs> <laughs> and sandry's just like oh my gosh on their own they're weak but together they're strong so she makes them all grab a lump each on the, you know, the first piece of string she ever made, which the four lumps. So she has them all grab a lump and she says to put their, like, a little bit of themselves into it. So it's like Daja, you know, puts in, like, her, the smell of metal or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like always, it's like, yeah, it's so, I love it so much. And then Daja, I'm not Daja, Sandra uses that as a leader thread on her spin spindle when she's spinning their energies together and helping them all like create strength from one another um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of melds them as well. Yeah. And as the process goes, they um, all have discovered that they are magically connected and can speak telepathically from here on out. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But then everything gets like, it's too much when the earthquake hits Mm -hmm. um, and they all start feeling like, they're like, are, are we going to be able yeah. to hold this? Yeah, basically they're like, they can't access like the shotgun and stuff like that anymore. Um, the spindle faltered. The threads that connected them began to fade in Sandry's magical vision. 
the Shokin started to draw away from Briar. Um, Triss broke the other scripts of her hand, scrabbling through the water she sensed, in, you know, outside her reach. So it's like <laughs> they're all breaking apart because, like, you know, it's just so much. However, however, thankfully, <laughs> the entire cave that they're in gets brought to the surface their little survival box that they're in gets brought to the surface by dedicates, earth dedicates, who just bring them all the way up. Um, and then all of their teachers are there. Mm-hmm. Kind, of, kind of like when Nancy gets out of the <laughs> out of the tomb in, in um, uh, Secret of the Scarlet Hand. Anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> but no one is just... But nobody like, rhymes. No one is, is talking in verse. And, and, That's and a little bit of uh, Peppered and Nancy <laughs> Drew stuff for you just for tall sisters, listeners. Um, but but uh, Rose Thorn, I I don't care for children, is like, let me, just, he's, she's just basically trying to get through to the kids without um, killing the roots of the things that are protecting them. No, you and, idiot, you'll kill the roots. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's so good. And so basically from there on, we, we do get to know that um, the children... Um, are more connected. Um, Triss offers to teach uh, Briar to read, which he's been s- keeping secret the whole time. She's like, I I saw that you don't actually read what's on the chore board. You wait until everybody else is doing their chores to find out what yours is. <laughs> She's just like, I can help you. And, and in That's the end, because, they... So what that, that all starts, I love it, is <laughs> Briar comes along and, and finds... Tris just messing with something and he's like what are you doing and she's all embarrassed and then she shows mm-hmm. it's like a it's a crystal she's trying to put light into for Sandry mm-hmm. and he's like fine let me help and then they're both bent over it and Daja comes in and she's like <laughs> what are you guys doing and they're like nothing um, <laughs> and so then Daja helps them and so they give Sandry a nightlight that- you better let me help, w- Daja said. <laughs> Daja put the stone in her cupped palms. Briar cradled her hands and with his. Triss covered them. Three sets of lungs began a long, steady breath. And so they imbue it with magic so- and give it to Sandry so that she never has to be afraid of the dark again. And they give her a little pouch to put it in so that she always so has doesn't... light with her. I love it so much. <sighs> it's so thoughtful. And just like- ugh. As you guys might have guessed, I we like the book. We do. Um, Quite a bit. I said on my Goodreads review, um, this reading this book is like a lazy late August afternoon. And I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. No, it is. It's just... Ugh. And I have to tell you, reading the copy that Risa always had and... I told Risa, but I found little teeth marks where our cat uh, liked to uh, try to get attention while we were reading. So she'd bite books. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's uh, everything, everything about the whole experience is just so comfy. It is. Because there are high stakes, but they're not so high that like, yeah, it ruins this story about these little kids. You yeah, know what I it's mean? not about like you know, nations having mm-hmm. huge wars. It's not about, you know, just threats to the entire human race and stuff like that. It's 
four children coming together and overcoming their past traumas to be able to create something new and be part of a family. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so pure and just, yeah. it left a very big impression on me, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, I just think it is so lovingly told and just, it is. you just feel the care that was put mm-hmm. into it and like the love and the world building mm-hmm. and just like the way that, you know, they describe certain things being like what other children, like they, not every character in the world knows everything mm-hmm. that we yeah. would know, you know? So it's not like they all know what cinnamon is. It's not, they don't all mm-hmm. know like what a porcupine is. Yeah. I think that's just, she just makes all of the different nations <laughs> feel so What's the word? <sighs> Not unique, but along that line. There's a... Uh, I mean, there's a disparate nature. Like... I think it's just very defined, yeah. maybe? That's, yeah. The, every, like, every... It's... It, there's there's a definite huge... Especially when we get later in the books. Yeah. Like... Uh, the difference in culture from one place to another is is just leaps and bounds. It's and so amazing. It's like all unique and, and like and in I'm, one book, they're in a place where everyone gets everywhere on on uh, ice skates. Everyone just <laughs> ice skates everywhere. I remembered and, that detail um, like halfway through this book, and I started laughing like crazy because we were oh because we were listening to uh, something talking about. Um, is it Batman Forever where they kick the skates out? I don't know. Whatever. That stupid scene. They described it and I went, oh my god, I'm going to get to read a book where they're skating around in a village and fighting fires. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, it, Yeah. That's one you of know? the ones I bought at the... Yeah. I'm like, good, because that's... Mm, mm, I'm always happy to shit. have a copy of that in my life. <laughs> yes. But yeah... Um, Favorite characters? Oh my god, there's all too many. Them. I love them all so much. I, I just... I But like I said, Briar just really... Yeah. I'm gonna claim Briar as my favorite right I, now. I just... I love this stupid child. I love him so He's much. He's so, like... Like, matter of fact about everything. Yeah. And I, I love him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love all of the babies. I love, I love all of the grown-ups and their love for the children. Yeah. Like, it's all very cute and evident and, oh, and, and okay, when, um, when Triss gets picked up by, um, by Kirill and th- yeah. he throws her over his shoulder and she's like, this is embarrassing. And, uh, but before he does that, he goes, oh, you're Daja, you live with Daja, right? You're the crabby one or grouchy one or whatever she's. So it's like, yeah, they talk about each other when they they're do. at their thing. So it's like, oh. They love each other. From the <sighs> first moment they meet, they all are like, yes, we are siblings now. <laughs> but no, we're not. We'll never be. We're not connected. No. Leave this, me alone. Just because we live together. This is one I'd like to see turned into um, a series or something. Yeah. Like this this would be a good one to, to animate or to do live action. Either way. Yeah. This is a story that needs to just be like, <sighs> yeah. This is so good. The, the the constant theme of found family, but not like beating people over the head with it. Yeah, it's like 
they're all people who just opened up to each other and they connected and all of them let down their guards in some way or another. And it's just not that Sandri ever had a guard. (laughs) No, no. She's a very Usagi character. She really is. She's going to, she's just going to go in and as Sailor Moon, she's just going to adopt you as a friend and you really have no say about it. (laughs) Guess what? You are now going to be eating your meals with her. And if you don't, she will cry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh no but i i don't know i i I think this read through i really loved um sandry and daja yeah like just daja their, their relationship such... their instant relationship is great but then also them individually it, ugh, they're so good and they're so <sighs> they're ones who um because each each of them pair up in certain ways like well like yeah anyway but um but no but sandry and daja are the ones who feel a level of responsibility and so and it's, it's just interesting to watch them going through that and it's just it's so good yeah guys yeah. it's so good it's so good um is there anything we don't like about it i don't like that my babies had to endure that stuff yeah uh, I, don't I don't like that like, they throw children away. I don't like that. Um, yeah. I mostly, and th- but those are all things that we're not supposed to like. Yeah. Um, what I actually <laughs> don't like is that, like we said at the beginning, this isn't Sandry's book. It isn't. I mean, the way that Sandry's book is that she has the idea to spin all their power together and come back into it. And like, well, and she's, she is... she's brought them together and she's the one who kind of saves the day then. By being able to spin all their powers together. She she spends the whole time, like, sort of starting to, to form them. Yeah. And so that everybody's starting to become more and more intertwined. There's less of the, like, one-on-ones and more of them being all together, all four of them, or, or maybe just three of them at a time. Either way, like, they're yeah becoming more together, more intertwined. And so I think it is – she is their linchpin. Yeah. Which I think but is I, why Will of the Empress yeah. ends up working out the way yeah. it does. <laughs> oh, but Will of the Empress is way more of a Sandry book than this yeah. one ever could yeah. be. Yeah, hang in there, Sandry lovers, because... Will of the Empress is that's, amazing. That's her book. <laughs> yeah, but don't expect Magic Steps to really be about her either, because mm. it's not. <laughs> Poor Sandry. She really just gets the short end of the stick. Um, yeah. But, yeah. <sighs> yeah, that's the book. Um yeah. Do we have a headcanon about it? I did, but now I don't. I have like, a headcanon. I thought a couple of them. Frostpine just doesn't wear shirts. Um, I, okay. I don't think he ever wears any shirts. And if he does <laughs> have to wear a shirt, he leaves it unbuttoned all the way. That's mm-hmm. just Frostpine in my head. I want you yeah. guys to understand that I imagine Frostpine very sexy. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I'm just like, yes. I imagine him very sexy. <laughs> He's, got, he's yeah. like, he's strong, but he's got that, like, actual strong person strong, yeah. not dehydrated Hollywood man strong. Right. Um, you know. Practical strong. Yeah. We also know that he's wiry, so, like, you know. hmm But, yeah. Um, yeah, that's the book. Yeah. What are we read? Oh, wait, what's your, what, what's your headcanon? I just said I mine a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
Shit, I really don't remember what one I had. Oh well, I don't have one for this book. Um, I, I feel like everything is is in text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, what are we reading next month, sister? Well, next month is, I believe, Briar's book. Nope, nope, no, nope. Is it is it Triss's book? Yes, Triss's book. Okay, I'm like, I... yes. I know Triss's Josh's is, is third next. because it's for some both, reason, yeah. for some reason, at the end of of Sandry's book, it says. Look for Daja's book. And I'm like, why wouldn't you advertise the next one in the book series? Because Daja's book is the one that they could sell you in a hardcover of, Ariana. Oh, right. True. Obviously. Come on. Pay attention. Why would they want to sell you a paperback? <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, it's good. We, we yeah. love you guys. Um, yeah. Okay, <laughs> love you. Yeah. Bye. But... Um, <laughs> You guys can find us anywhere you want to find us. Um, and honestly... Just call if, my name and I'll be there. If you want to give us money instead, give it to Tamara Pierce. Um, yeah. To support her feral cat coddling. And her writing more books because we need more books, Tammy. That too. Yeah. Um, what can we do for you? What, how can we facilitate this? <laughs> Just please, let us help you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, I'm Risa. I'm Ariana. And we hope you guys keep reading. <laughs>